Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jen Mertland? I've decided I'm never coming home. <laughs> well, meaning you're back in the States now from your Columbia visit, correct? I'm back in the but States, you- but I'm not in our state. Could I just send things home to, down to Florida to you? I don't even need any of that stuff. You don't, do you? <laughs> no. You don't care. You got what you got on your back. You're good. Good to go. I love it. All right, guys. Well, um, we're glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. Thanks. Glad you're safe and sound here in the States. Uh, today, Jen and I, well, oh, man, we've got some stuff to talk about today. <laughs> So I'm glad you guys are here. We're always glad you're here. Thanks for listening. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe and like and all the things that you do on YouTube as well. But that way you'll hear about it when we put a new podcast out and you won't have to to think, just do it. All right, guys, uh, here we go. Today, Jen and I are going to duke it out over this question. Is wholesaling illegal? Dumb question. Or should it be illegal? Or what do we need to know about wholesaling? No. Jen, you're the expert in this space. So why don't you start us off? The answer is simple. No. It's not illegal. It's not illegal. And it shouldn't be illegal. Tell us what wholesaling is. So wholesaling is when you get a property under contract and then you sell that contract and your commission is the spread. Give us an example. So you buy a property for $200,000. Yep. You sell the contract. Sell the contract for 200 or for something more? You would sell it for more. And then the difference is what you would make. Okay. So basically you charge like an assignment fee. So you're assigning the contract to them. You're changing the buyer. Now, why would, why does somebody do this? Why would they buy it from you and not from the source? Because they didn't have access to the source. They didn't know about it. Okay. How do agents get access to things that are good wholesaling products? Lead generation. (laughs) It all boils down. (laughs) If you know how to generate leads and you understand that there's many, many ways to sell a house and you take a consultative approach with the seller to find out what is their needs, what's best for them, and you have access to all the ways to sell a house, you can truly, truly, truly do what's best for the seller. But if you're only a one-trick pony, then is that really the best for the seller? Not always. Sometimes wholesaling makes sense. Here's the argument. People are like, well, it should, you know, it should always go on the market. Well, that's not true. Not every seller wants their house to go on the market. We just did an episode on this. Exactly. Not every seller wants the highest amount. They want, sometimes they want terms. So it's like, you have to, you can't just go plow into a meeting being like, this is the only way to do it. No, there's a thousand ways to sell a house. 
Well, maybe so, not a thousand. How many ways are there to sell a house? Do you think? Uh, I think two, the right way and the wrong way. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, listen, here's my question. I feel like, and I'm going to, this podcast, my role is really more question asker because this is not my lane and I haven't done uh, wholesaling. I know you have. Yeah. In my mind, that is more for like investor type. Yeah. Houses think not the traditional like subdivision home that we would probably be working. Am I wrong on that? Or what? yeah, you're wrong because okay. it's, it, I can see why you would think that because that's traditionally more where it's used more, but there's like, when I was wholesaling, we were wholesaling short sales. So a lot of short sales were happening in neighborhoods and things like that. And so we would negotiate with the bank to take less than what was owed on the property. And then we would tell the seller, look, the only, here's what we can buy it for. And the only reason that the only way that we can buy it for this is one, if the bank agrees to it. And two, if I can resell it for a profit. And they were like, okay, great. Because that worked for them. They just wanted it done. If they put it on the market, I don't, I mean, it's just like so much more drama. They just didn't have as much drama. So I think I asked the question wrong. So it's not, I didn't mean that it was technically about a house that was in a subdivision. I meant more of a traditional sale where the seller is not underwater and it's not in foreclosure or heading that way or something. You can still do. So what if you, I mean, people's situations are different, right? Like wholesaling can work on any house. It just depends on what the seller wants. So a lot of people say you cannot be a real estate agent and be a wholesaler because if you are, then you give up, there's like some fiduciary responsibility in there as an agent that you have that, that kind of doesn't work. But I don't Mm -hmm. think that's true because as a fiduciary, I need to do what's best for the like I'm responsible for doing what's best for the client as an agent, who's also an investor who understands that there's multiple ways to sell a house. I can actually do what's best for the client better than only an agent that only knows one way to sell a house because Mm -hmm. I have more tools in my tool belt. Right. And so sometimes wholesaling it is better, but it just depends. Wholesaling can be less dramatic. You can have less people in your house. Some people care about that, especially since COVID. There's been people like, I don't want anybody in my house, Mm -hmm. but what they're giving up generally is price, but price is not always the main factor in selling a house. We can agree on that, right? So let's say you are talking to an average homeowner and they really, they just, they want out. They want the least amount of issues. They don't want to, they want it fast, they want it fast, whatever. So you say, Hey, I think you could get $200,000 for this house on the market. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay, but they're going to pay 6% for sure. And usually the expenses are around 10%, but let's say the 6% commission, cause you're going to have your fee. And, I always say uh, it costs about 8% to sell a house. Cause 8%. after you like, once you get the taxes current and you pay the fees and yeah. some inspection items and things like that. So like around 8% ish. Okay. But they're still going to have those things, even if you wholesale it to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Except, not. For Except for the commission part. You're going to still have tax prorations or you take on the tax prorations? It just depends. Oh, you could set it up. Okay. So let's just say then that they would have uh, $12,000 in commission expenses. So they'd be getting 188 ultimately for the house. Okay. So what you could say to them then in theory is, look, 
I'll give you 188 and I'll take on the risk that I think I can get more than 200, but you're going to get your 188 anyway. Like that's what you're saying is from a fiduciary standpoint, still a very responsible approach. I think it is. You also have to disclose to them, like there needs to be a little bit more conversation about what that is, right? Because you're not technically representing them uh, in that situation. You're not technically representing them as a real estate agent. You just are a real estate agent, right? It. So it's like, okay. okay, there's a lot of ways to sell a house. One is we go on the market and based on this data, we can agree, like you're looking at it too. And sometimes I'll do the CMA there with them. So they can literally see my thought process of how we do the CMA. It looks like you'll get $200,000 for this house if we go on the market, right? And here's the reality, here's your net sheet. We could also sell it to an investor. And here's the reality of that. And here's the net sheet for that. Here's the pros and cons, right? The pros and cons of everything. And it's like, based on what you want, seller, like you want, say you have a seller that doesn't care about the price. They just want something. They'd rather get it closed in under 30 days. They have a range that they're, they're going to do and either you wholesaling it or selling it to like an investor gets them that and gets done in their time frame. Now they've gotten their price and their terms. So they're happy. Or how much is going on right now though? Because most people say, Hey, let's take it to the market. Cause I think we can crush it inside of a week but it still doesn't close. It could if it's cash. I guess it depends on the property. It could. It really depends on the property. And it just depends on all the people involved, right? Like wholesaling is usually people that have equity in their property, like a substantial amount of equity. So maybe it's like a probate thing or they, yeah, or they like, yeah, they like inherited a house or the house has like a lot of repairs. They, they have equity, but they don't have cash. Like there's all of these like different situations or they're getting divorced and it's just like easier to sell. Like you just easier to not have to go through the process of searching for a buyer, just, you know, hooking up with an investor or something like that. I don't know. I, I can see why, I can see why agents that are not investors have a mindset of it being gray or illegal just because they don't understand so much. You have to disclose so much anyway. As a real estate agent, we, we know a lot about, we are (laughs) allegedly, we're supposed to know a lot, know a lot about real estate. So we do have to disclose and you should have the conversation. And if you view yourself as a consultant, that's happening, right? But this is like, but agents are having problems with disclosing. This is why the department of justice is coming after real estate agents because they're not disclosing how the commission works. Well, you should always be doing that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not the agent for them, but I am an agent, am I required to say to them, hey, here's here's what I'd like to offer you. I'd like to offer to purchase the home. Here's a contract. I'm not acting as your agent. Mm-hmm. Here's my intent. I'm going to go mm-hmm. find somebody that's going to pay more than that. And I'm going to keep the difference yes. as my option. Correct. That, that's Correct. what I need to say in essence. In essence, yeah. And And here's the problem that solves for you. And your option is to say no to that and go to the market and take your chances. And blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And either, and either, you know, I'm, I can help you with that or I can recommend agents or you could talk to other agents or whatever. Like you have a lot of choices here and this is your house and you have to do what you feel is best, but here's pros and cons to everything. So let's discuss. And it's not like, now look, if you're, if you're an agent that, that sells a lot of houses and you have all of these tool belts tools in your tool belt available, you are naturally going to be more consultative. 
If you are an agent that doesn't sell that many houses, your commission breath is going to be rank. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like (laughs) I just smell it from here. Yeah. So like you truly have to authentically give a shit about Mm -hmm. that seller and truly and authentically care, like what is in their best interest. And you know, more than they do theoretically. Right. So like Mm -hmm. you have to help them and walk them through that process. But in, I just don't think that agents should automatically take this investment strategy out of play. I think they need to be open to it being the best. Do you think that, and so you have to be able to deliver on the contract though, or does the contract state I'll deliver on it when I find the buyer? Correct. So what is, it's why not a, it's not a purchase contract, like an Ohio purchase contract. Oh, it's a wholesaling contract of yeah. some sort. So, but that's not a guarantee for that aid, for that home homeowner. It's not, neither is putting it on the market. Well, in this market, that would be more of a sure thing than still stuff still expires. Right. And it's not necessarily right. I mean, I'm trying to think right now compared to six years ago. Am I wrong? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I don't really go after those as much as we used to. Right. Cause I mean, from a real estate perspective, it's kind of a grind. Like you've got to like, it's like a lot of lead generation. Like you've got to know people you've got to like, I mean, it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? So like it's easier to be a realtor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What if you find somebody to purchase it? But they have an agent who pays that. You can do it however you want. So I've had it where I have represented wholesalers before and then they pay me as their agent, buyer agent. Okay. So it just depends on, see, that's the thing. Like there's not, you can really negotiate anything that you want. Like there's no, nothing that dictates that we have to do it in a specific way, Mm -hmm. right? Like the MLS is technically in put in place as, as an offer of compensation, which if you want me to jump on my soapbox, that was a terrible idea. (laughs) Nope. You stay down. You do not jump on that box. Nope. Um, But so you're like guaranteed to get paid, right? Sort of as long as whatever. I don't know. I just think, I mean, you've never wholesale before, but what do you think about, like, what was your initial reaction to it? Do you think it's illegal? I think it is, I think it's dangerous when you're licensed because you know so much and there's room for leaving things out either conveniently or accidentally. And I think that doesn't leave the seller informed. But then what about if you're selling like one of your investment properties or what about if like, I mean, there's, if if we take this approach of like, well, there's so much room for messing up. Oh my God, you would never do anything. Uh, Yeah. But this is different than like in a fiduciary responsibility situation. You're like, you're, you're advising just outside of the boundaries. But if you don't represent them, I know. And that's confusing to them. I think everything's confusing. It's confusing to the realtor just because it's confusing. I just don't think it's a good reason not to, it's not a good reason not to do something. Get unconfused. I I don't disagree. I mean, I think to me, the obvious thing to me is that there are seasons for that. 
and this would not be a season for that because I mean, maybe yeah maybe maybe not it really depends on what the seller wants though you're saying because the market is so good the seller should put the house on the market because they can get more money Tell no me. because they can get the terms they want because okay. they're going to have seven offers so they can get exactly what they want okay and yeah well and sometimes that, that works, works and some, that. Like, yeah. right right i mean there's no guarantees and certainly we're shifting and <gasps> the shift yes, everybody take a fucking deep breath <laughs> i <laughs> feel like we need okay. to i feel like we need to take a small break let's do that i'm let's tired i need some coffee all, all right. right let's hear a word from our sponsors and when we return we'll have the final smackdown if you're like me then what you need right now is great leads my number one lead source is a marketing engine called Pipeline Pro Tools. So we've hooked up with them to give you the playbook that I'm using that has generated over 12 leads in the last 90 days. So go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club, book a quick demo so that they can help you figure out how many leads you will need in order to get the business that you're looking for. And then they will give you the playbook that I've been using for free. Again, that's pipelineprotools.com slash fight club. Are you where exactly you want to be in your business and in your life? Chances are you're probably not. So you've been thinking about coaching. You know that in order to get you where you want to go from where you currently are, you're going to need help. You need accountability. You need clarity. You need processes. You need systems. You need people. That is what a coach does. And I know you've been thinking about coaching, but you're scared to take the leap. And I totally get it. So Monica and I were talking and we are going to give you a taste of coaching with my coach, Coach John Kitchens. So Monica and I are going to pay for the first 60 days with him, which your life will be completely different in the next 60 days. Go to trial.coachcode.com. There's a section for sponsor, put Fight Club in that section. Monica and I will pay for the first 60 days and all you have to do is show up. Go to trial.coachcode.com and enter Fight Club. Welcome back. Let's get back to the battle inside of the ring today. We are duking it out over, I don't know, wholesaling. <laughs> How many? What you're calling it. I don't know. <laughs> How many people do you think are yelling at their yeah. phone right now? I think most people are saying I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot. Yeah, but most agents also won't do dual agency. So like, I think that there is a higher, like a different, not higher, a different level of understanding. I think as real estate agents and, and in this shift that, that we are experiencing and will continue to experience, I think that we have got to continue to learn. And part of learning is different strategies on how to sell a house. Familiarize yourself with wholesaling. Familiarize yourself with how investors decide what to buy, return on investment, 1031 exchanges, what a possible lease could be or Airbnb. Like learn all of this stuff or else you're just gonna be. So in essence, instead of saying, I'll get I'll get paid and I'll go find you a buyer. Cause that's what you're doing in wholesaling. You're going to find a buyer. Well, isn't that your job as an agent? But instead you're saying, I'm going to do a little bit more legwork. So I'm going to try to make a little bit more money. Is that basically what you're saying? I don't know. I don't 
I mean, because isn't it my job to go find a buyer? If yeah, I, I don't think you're doing necessarily more. I think it's just different. It's just a different, another way to sell a house. For more money, in theory. For more money than it's under contract for. For, for more money for me, the agent. Maybe, maybe not. There's some deals that I made more and some I made less than if I were an agent. Really? It just depends. Mm-hmm. Now this one, my biggest one ever. I'll give you Yeah, two. what was it? I'll yeah, yeah. So there was this one and this was a long time ago, like maybe 09 or something like this. And it's in this like really gross part of town. And the property, I sold it. I want to say it was like $2,000. The property was $2,000 in my commit. Like I earned, then my assignment fee was three grand. The house was terrible. I couldn't believe anybody bought it, honestly. But the guy, the seller was so happy. He was like, nobody would buy this. I was like, I know, but we found somebody to pay $5,000. Like, it's great. Then the, um, the other time was a neighborhood. It was this great house, great neighborhood. And my assignment fee for that was 15,000 and it sold nice. to an FHA buyer. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what's the, what's one where you just got hosed on it completely? Have you ever like, like I'm trying, was trying to think of ones that there have been like, I want to say like two, maybe that I just like could not sell, but it's, it's like anything you kind of know right away like within the first week or something. And it's like, okay, this is not working. We need to do another direction. And at that time I had partnered with an age, a real estate agent and been like, okay, then, you know, we can put it on the market or do whatever. Like, what's our options here? Like this didn't work. Why did it not work? Like what happened? What did we think was going to happen? And it didn't like all of this stuff. Right. So it's like, then you just have to do go to plan B. Right. Do you more commonly wholesale single properties or like a portfolio of properties? Single me, but I mean, people do whatever. Here's the thing. I think that as agents, it's our, we need to generate leads for our business. Right. And when you generate leads, have a conversation with the seller, figure out what is it that they really want, and then take all the ways to sell a house and match it with that. And then mm-hmm. you, then you control your income. It's the easiest way to control your income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you don't generate leads, then you're out. Right. You got a job. You have a job. You just forget that you have a job. You think you're a real estate agent. No. <laughs> you have a job. Lead generation, baby. Get it. Get it. All right. Get I don't it, know. I think that, I think we've given folks something to think about today, which is, always the intent. Why don't we leave this right here? Because I'm just, I'm open to it. I just don't get it. Well, you should listen to our tiebreaker. I will. I will. Do you have a wholesaler coming on? Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, stay tuned. (laughs) All right, guys. I think that's going to have to be the end of today's battle. I'm so grateful you were here. We just love having you. Thanks for liking, subscribing, following, do the things that you know keeps you connected to us and us connected with you because that's what we like. Yes. And we want to work with you. So yes. if you would like to work with us or you have an interest to about EXP, give us a call or a text at 513-400-1691. Monica, have a super day. You too, Jen. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
All right. I am here with Curtis Cunningham, our tiebreaker. Hey, Curtis. Hello. Thanks for being on again. So I was trying to, which one were you on before? Do you remember what episode? Uh, It's been a little while. It was talking to how to, how to get to basically a transaction a week. I think it's like, you know, 52 deals a year. 52 deals a year. Yeah, that was a good one. So if people didn't watch that, that's over on our YouTube channel, but you are with Wagner Auctioneering and and real estate in Indiana. So we're pretty close. Yes, somewhat. (laughs) Um, But your question for the tiebreaker is, is wholesaling illegal? Is wholesaling illegal? And we're talking in an agent sphere, correct? Yeah, as an agent. As an agent, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you actually posed this question on your Facebook page and got a lot of good responses and some uh, discussion, I guess we can say. It's very, like, uh, what's the word? Divisive? It's very, yeah. It's either a hard yes or a hard no, usually. Pretty much. And so I'm going to say no. Yes. And there's... (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> you know, there's there's always the in-between gray zone, in my opinion, uh, but my basic answer uh, would be no. So uh, I pose the question on your on your post, is it ethical or illegal? And I think it, it kind of depends on how an agent would, would do it. Well, let's so, back up. Let's, yeah. what what is wholesaling? Okay, so the, the, in my opinion, the, the truest definition is, let's say you were looking to sell your home and maybe you don't want to deal with all the the listing aspects of the home and so we we negotiate a price i would be kind of the intermediary Mm -hmm. right and i would go out and say yes you know that's the price we have a deal for and then i would go out to find somebody that's willing to pay that higher price and i'm kind of in the middle and reap the benefits of the in-between that's my wonder like in the state of Indiana, are you allowed to represent the transaction or do you have to represent the buyer or the seller? Because in your example, you're not, rep- it doesn't sound like you're representing either. That's why it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're going to get, you know, a million different opinions right. you speak with. So to make it easier or more palatable, I would suggest agents, you know, on top of disclosing everything you're doing to your buyer or your seller, to actually close on the property, to actually right. purchase the property. Right. Is that wholesaling? By definition, probably not. No. So. I see. So I think we need to have people, people, there's a lot of agents out there that do not wholesale and do not know what it is. And what they do know about it is is wrong, I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I think what I think you're so. saying is normally wholesaling is assigning the contract. So you have as the wholesaler investor, you have the property under contract for a certain amount and you are going to sell that contract for a fee. Um, mm-hmm. And now there's a new buyer that can buy it. But what you're saying is the if the wholesaler closes on it at the price that they agreed to and then resells it, there's no problem. That's what I said. I agree. Um, <laughs> some um, Facebook comments didn't agree with us, I guess. <laughs> That's and, okay. Uh, they, everybody was cordial and nice about it. But um, again, there, there's yeah, always- Yeah, so be, boring. Too many yeah, nice people on my Facebook page. We've got to get some crazy <laughs> people on there. Get some real discussions going. Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, there's always bad actors in whatever field you're in, including real estate. And so where that comes into play is if an agent uh, goes out and says, look, your, your property's only worth $100,000. There's nobody going to pay over that. You know what? I'll buy it for 90. We'll call it a day when in, in reality, it's worth 150. 
Right, but that, that's right. bad news. There's yeah. also agent. I mean, the other side of that are there are agents that are say, "Oh, your house is worth three fifty and it's worth two. Well, they're buying the listing at that point. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> that is another discussion. But I'm just saying, like, there's also intent, right? Yeah. So, in your opinion, I mean, we are in agreement. I think that many, many realtors would disagree with with us and say that it's not right. You cannot be an, a real estate agent and a wholesaler. I disagree. I think yeah. you can. I don't know that you would represent somebody as a real estate agent, but I think you can be a realtor. Correct. What would be the reason that a seller would prefer to wholesale it rather than put it on the open market? Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a ton of reasons we, you know, get involved with. And, and a lot of times, you know, money is not the main motivating factor to sell. It just right. isn't for some people. Ease of use is one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a process to list your home and, you know, people may push back on that. Oh, it's so easy to sell a home now, possibly, but there's a lot of trips along or trip ups along the way. Right. And not every home is. Yeah, exactly. So uh, ease ease of use is a big one. If if you can say, look, you know, under these terms, if I were going to close on it myself, we can close in two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm probably not going to do a full blown inspection. Right. And it's not contingent upon financing mm-hmm. and you don't have to clean it up and mm-hmm. I'll get the dumpster and you know, whatever. And then so you're done. It's really, yeah. yeah. And you're done. You basically two weeks, you get a portion of your proceeds and you hand the keys over and you're done. I'm trying to think of some other scenarios where, you know, they just don't want to get the home ready to put it on the market. Right. And they, they're willing to take a little less money because of that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. That would be, I think that is the primary. I mean, my whole point was there's a lot of ways to sell a house. And as real estate agents, we should understand them all and not judge because every seller's situation is different. And so to be able to present the options in a, in a non-judgmental way really fulfills our fiduciary of doing what's right by the client. Yeah. Do you agree? agree? Yeah. And, And I've been in situations and, you know, I'm an open book when it comes to my selling clients. And, you know, I presented market research and the whole game plan and everything. I said, look, if you put it on the market, we should be about here. Right. This, is, this would be the, your net proceeds from that sale. Here's the what you have direction. to do to get that. Yeah, this is what you will have to do to get to that point. If you're willing to do that, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. If not, you, you can sell it down here and not have to worry right. anything about that stuff. But and here's so, your net proceeds for that. Like what's more yeah. important to you? And, you know, it, it, even in our, you know, real estate business, I, I think there was a podcast or something you had done before, you know, you're not the one uh, pulling the trash cans back and forth of, uh, from your <laughs> listing because your seller's out of, out of town. Right. Now, is it worth it to you to service that client and pay somebody 20 bucks to go do it? Yes, it is. And so this is a different scenario, but very similar vein somebody's willing to either pay or take a little less in net proceeds where they don't have to worry about some of this. Right. And this is not every situation either. No. And I wouldn't even, I would argue it's not most situations. No. But I just, I think that there's a misconception about wholesaling. So I just thought we'd bring it up. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I like (laughs) it. I I like the conversation because not a lot of people know about it. Right. Um, And like you said, there's a ton of misconceptions about it. And then there are some muddy waters in there when, when you're an agent and maybe building your own investment portfolio. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, 99% of the time, the agent is on the up and up and mm -hmm. it's not a problem. It's yeah. just you hear about the ones that aren't. You know, exactly. So. Well, that's always how it is. Every yeah. industry. Well, Curtis, if people do have a referral for you in Indiana or they have a question for you or they just want to, you know, troll and heckle you. <laughs> Bring, it on. Bring it on. <laughs> what is the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call or text uh, my cell phone, and that's 765 717 2407. Uh, or you can hit me up uh, email, is probably the next best thing. And that's Curtis, C U R T I S, at yourhoosierhome.com. If you don't know what that is or how to spell it, you're probably not from around here. That's fine. <laughs> uh, from around these parts. That's right. Uh, Hoosier is spelled H O O S I E R. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, me too. It's fun. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.